Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today we are going forward with yet another food as medicine episode of the podcast. I teased this the other day, but we are looking at hemp hearts today. Hemp hearts. I talked about them first in episode 504, the reasons that I started incorporating them. And we are going to look in a lot more detail at hemp hearts today and at some of the components within hemp hearts, specifically omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids because hemp hearts contain both. Let's start with the most basic thing, though. What are hemp hearts? When I first heard of them, I was so far off. I was thinking along the lines of artichoke hearts. I was thinking vegetable. Nope. Hemp hearts are simply hulled hemp seeds. So when you shell a hemp seed from the hemp plant, you get hemp hearts. So hemp plants uh, grow these kind of like popcorn kernel-sized hard seeds. You don't want to eat that outer portion that gets shelled. And inside the hard seed is this very light and soft, not crunchy, right? These are not something that are crunchy when they are just first hulled. I suppose you could toast them and make them a little bit more crunchy, but definitely not like a nut in texture. They are small, they are light, and they are soft. Within these tiny little hemp hearts, there's a lot of nutrition. We've got amino acids, including All of the essential amino acids, we'll explain why that matters in a few minutes. You've also got some protein, omega-3 fatty acids, omega-6 fatty acids. You're never going to eat them unhulled, so you won't eat them with the shell on. Hemp hearts is what you eat, and that is much softer. I'm trying to think of something texturally. They are softer even than sunflower seeds. You're definitely not going to get a crunch when you bite into them. They are soft. And these hemp hearts can also be pressed, and that's where we get hemp seed oil. And when it's further processed, you can get hemp protein powder. But for today, we are really talking about these hemp hearts, which you buy in a bag, and the serving size would be a tablespoon or two. They're very, very small. So even in a tablespoon, it would be quite a high number of hemp hearts because they are so small. We've talked about hemp recently in the episode I did on CBD oil or cannabidiol. Hemp and marijuana are related. They are from the same species, 
but they are different plants. So hemp hearts do not contain THC. THC is the active within marijuana that is responsible for getting you high. And we do not have THC in hemp hearts. If we did, they'd probably sell a lot more, but you're definitely not going to get high or test positive on a drug test when you consume hemp hearts. When we look at that couple of tablespoons serving size, you're looking at about 10 grams of protein as well as about 10 grams of omega-3 fatty acids, a combination of omega-3 and omega-6. More about that in a minute. Within that 10 grams of protein, as I mentioned a couple seconds ago, you have all of your essential amino acids. What this means, amino acids are the building blocks of proteins, and proteins are critical for every aspect of health, every function within the body. Proteins, yes, they help us build and repair our bodies, but every enzyme in the body, these enzymes that are responsible for making everything happen, those enzymes are proteins. So amino acids are these building blocks of protein, and some of them are essential. That means your body cannot make them, so you have to supply them through your diet. Some amino acids are non-essential, meaning that your body can manufacture them, so you don't necessarily have to get them from your diet, and others are what is called conditionally essential, meaning your body has the ability to manufacture them, to make it on their own, under certain conditions. But those essential ones means you've got to supply it through what you eat or how you supplement, preferably what you eat. Otherwise, your body doesn't have what it needs. When foods contain all of the essential amino acids, they are what is called a complete protein. Complete because while, yes, they're delivering protein, the building blocks of those proteins being amino acids, they are complete because they are giving your body all nine of the amino acids that it cannot make on its own. Hemp seeds, hemp hearts, contain all nine of the essential amino acids, making them a complete protein. Hemp seed oil, which is what we create when we press the hulled hemp seeds, that has the most essential fatty acids of any nut or seed oil. So it is the most rich in essential fatty acids when compared to any other nut or seed oil. And that is not the only benefit of hemp that is not shared by other seeds or other nuts. A lot of the downsides that we see or potential problems that we see with other nuts and seeds don't apply to hemp seed, hemp hearts, hemp seed oil. But when we compare the different ways that we can consume hemp, whether it is the hemp hearts, which are the hulled hemp seeds, or the hemp seed oil pressed from the hearts, or 
the hemp protein powder that is derived from processing the hemp seed oil. The hemp hearts are going to provide the most nutrient density. So if you have to choose between the hemp hearts, the hemp oil, or the hemp powder, definitely go with the hemp hearts because they have the most nutrition density, nutrient density. In episode 504, I was talking about my recent Viome assessment, V-I-O-M-E, I shared that I took their test, which is a comprehensive survey about your health, about your body, along with an evaluation of your stool sample to give a total breakdown of your microbiome. What bacteria are there? What viruses? What fungi? um, Yeast? All of that. What is there? How much is there? How does that uh, compare to what is optimal? And what should you do about it? What foods should you eat? What foods should you avoid? What foods do you want to really minimize? And any supplementation. I shared as well some pictures from the report that I get via the Viome app, and I gave you guys a link I'll also link to it in the show notes for today's episode to save $20 if you want to get that assessment done for yourself. But my results of my Viome assessment are really what brought me to hemp hearts because I need to, at present, avoid a lot of nuts and seeds because of the oxalates that they contain. So almonds, for example, and it's not just nuts and seeds, also some vegetables like spinach contains oxalates. And what my Viome assessment said is true for me is that I don't have enough of the bacteria, the oxalobacter, that breaks down the oxalates. Therefore, they can cause inflammation in my body because they're not metabolized the way that they need to be. And when we have this material that's not digested properly, that can't be utilized properly, it can cause inflammation. In that pursuit of reducing the oxalates, I wanted a replacement for those nutty flavors I really enjoy, like things from almonds. That's why I turned to hemp hearts, because they have a really great nutty flavor. This is something that I can enjoy having on top of my salads that is not going to have those oxalates, but still has that flavor. Why I bring this up is we need to understand that just because hemp hearts are a really great option for me based on my microbiome, it doesn't mean they are a great option for you. Just like spinach not being a great option for me doesn't mean that you should avoid spinach. Don't get lost in the nitty-gritty, though. Remember that we don't have to major in the minors. We all have room for improvement, and most of us are going to be able to say, look, I know that I need to get consistent with not overeating, or I need to get consistent with reducing processed foods, some of my big rocks, or maybe minimizing alcohol or improving my binge-eating behavior. And then it's only at the point where you've really created consistency with those changes and you're not sure what else to do that maybe you need to turn to some of this more advanced and personalized information. But if you are saying, no, I am really consistent, I'm journaling consistently, 
I'm sleeping well. I'm minimizing toxins. I'm not overeating. I'm not binge eating. I'm not drinking too much. And you want that personalized information, then something like Viome can be a good option for you to get that personalized data. And again, uh, there's a link that I'll put over in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 506, or you can go to primalpotential.com forward slash 504. And I will put that link so that you can save $20 on your Viome assessment if you decide to pursue that. For me, these are important changes to reduce inflammation. I knew that inflammation was elevated for me when I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's, but I didn't know that I had an inability or a not complete ability, not optimal ability to metabolize oxalates. So I first started with making the changes I knew to make, like getting more sleep, like reducing stressors in my life and adding meditation and minimizing dairy, all of those sorts of things. I focused on those things first, but now I get to go to the next level. Now that I'm consistent with those bigger rocks, I get to start to tackle the smaller things. When I am looking at what that means for me, I've got a couple of primary objectives. I want to reduce Foods that contain oxalates, and all of this relates back to why I incorporated hemp hearts. It's not just because I wanted something other than almonds with a nutty flavor. I wanted to make sure that the foods I was choosing didn't contain those oxalates. I also wanted to reduce foods that trigger inflammation. So for me, that is going to be a lot of the things that contain oxalates, but also things like dairy. I wanted to increase foods that decrease inflammation. And as I created those priorities for myself, hemp hearts fit the bill. They don't contain oxalates, they don't trigger inflammation, and they have some properties that actually reduce inflammation. Maybe maybe inflammation isn't a big rock for you right now. Maybe you are looking for something that's really nutrient-dense or another way to get in some of these great fatty acids or some of these micronutrients. When you consume hemp hearts, they've got a hefty dose of fiber. They're also rich in vitamin E, iron, magnesium, potassium, all of that good stuff. And the majority of their fat comes from poly unsaturated fats, as opposed to just monounsaturated fats or saturated fats. Our saturated fats are going to be things like coconut or butter. And then there are monounsaturated fats and polyunsaturated fats. Within hemp, it's mostly polyunsaturated fat. And within that, further breaking that down, it's mostly omega-6 fatty acids. And you might be thinking, if you've been listening for a while, you might be thinking, wait, if your goal is to reduce inflammation, why would you consume hemp hearts that are rich in omega-6 fatty acids? And if you are thinking that, it's likely because you've read, you've heard, we've talked about it here, that omega-6 fatty acids drive inflammation. What we broadly say when we are making a general, most often true statement is that omega-3 fatty acids tend to be anti-inflammatory, reducing inflammation, while omega-6 fatty acids tend to be pro-inflammatory or increase 
inflammation. And that is, generally speaking, true. But it is not always that straightforward. As I mentioned, hemp hearts include both omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids. So you might be thinking, well, maybe they cancel each other out. Maybe hemp hearts aren't going to drive inflammation because you balance that out with the omega-3s reducing inflammation. But no, that's not what it is. That's a great thought, but that's not what is happening here in the hemp hearts. There are far more omega-6 fatty acids in hemp hearts than omega-3s, like a multiple of about three-ish. So why am I consuming hemp hearts to reduce inflammation if they are predominantly omega-6 fatty acids? The important distinction that I want everybody to understand is that not all omega-6 fatty acids are pro-inflammatory. Don't worry, though. We will clarify this classification. When it comes to omega-6 fatty acids, yeah, some of them are pro-inflammatory. But a bigger issue that contributes to why people try to avoid omega-6 fatty acids is the ratio that we consume far too much omega-6. In the standard American diet, the ratio of omega-6 to omega-3 is about 20 to 1. So in the standard American diet, people are eating about 20 times more omega-6 fatty acids than omega-3 fatty acids. That is a big part of the problem. For optimal health, we want that ratio to be drastically different. For optimal health, we want it to be about one-to-one. Omega-3 matches omega-6 intake. At worst, twice as much omega-6 to omega-3, but certainly not 20 times more. The big part of the problem with omega-6s is the ratio So within hemp hearts, you are in a very different position if you don't eat the standard American diet, if you're not eating processed foods, if you're not consuming lots of crop oils, canola, soybean, etc., then you are nowhere near that detrimental ratio that is such a big part of the problem. The other issue, and this is a big one, the unsaturated nature of omega-6 fatty acids, specifically the polyunsaturated nature, means that they are less stable than saturated fats. The saturated fats have all of those bonds saturated versus unsaturated, less stable. And when they are less stable, that means they are more prone to oxidation. When we're talking about fat, another word for another way to consider oxidation is going rancid, going bad. So when we cook with omega-6 fatty acids or when they are in shelf-stable products, so they are not fresh, when they've been sitting around for a long time, when they've been exposed to heat or light, they are more likely to go bad, to oxidize, to become rancid, and then we are consuming damaged fats that get incorporated into our cell membranes and can impair our health. When we cook with 
these polyunsaturated fats, they can't stand up to heat. So a big part of the problem with omega-6 fatty acids isn't coming from the omega-6 fatty acid itself, but rather what happens to it when we don't treat it optimally. When we heat it, when it's in processed food, when it's highly refined, it is going bad, and then that becomes a raw material introduced to the body. But with hemp hearts, they are raw, and as long as you are buying a quality product, which I'll talk about in a few minutes, and you're storing it correctly, you're not eating it after it's expired or letting it be exposed to light or cooking it too much, then you are not damaging these very fragile fats. So a big part of the problem is coming from the way we consume them, the way we treat, the way we heat versus omega-6 fatty acids in whole food form with a balance of omega-3s. Another important distinction is that omega-6 is a broad classification, and within it, there are many different specific omega-6 fatty acids. And you probably already know this because we talk about it more often with omega-3s. Omega-3, like omega-6, is also a broad classification. There are different types of omega-3 fatty acids, and those different types have different roles. You've probably heard of EPA and DHA. Those are specific types of omega-3 fatty acids, and those confer a greater health benefit and have different functions, right? One very much specific to heart health circulation, the other more for brain health, both very anti-inflammatory. But what we look for when we are consuming omega-3s are specifically emphasizing that EPA and DHA. They act differently. They have unique health benefits that we don't see. Well, they have different health benefits from each other, but also different health benefits from other omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, one of the omega-3 fatty acids within hemp hearts is ALA. And ALA can convert to EPA and DHA, but very, very poorly. So hemp hearts aren't necessarily a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. They do contain them primarily in the form of ALA, but that doesn't meet our need for EPA and DHA. I will say, random side note, before we get back to why omega-6 fatty acids in hemp hearts aren't a problem, while you can convert that ALA to EPA and DHA, those omega-3s we really want and need, it's very inefficient. And women are better at this conversion. The conversion happens more easily from ALA to EPA and DHA in women because estrogen actually supports the enzymes that make that conversion. But even still, the higher end conversion rate of ALA to EPA is maybe 10%, and the conversion of ALA to DHA is less than 10%, anywhere from like 1% to 8 or 9%, so very, very low. Getting ALA uh, and thinking that it's going to support EPA and DHA, not really. So we differentiate between different types of omega-3s with different roles. The same is true in omega-6 fatty acids. Some omega-6 fatty acids, maybe even most, are pro-inflammatory, but some aren't. Others are actually anti-inflammatory, and that is the case within hemp hearts. So the hemp 
The omega-6 fatty acids within hemp hearts are primarily GLA or gamma linolenic acid and SA, steridonic acid. Those two, GLA and SA, are anti-inflammatory, not pro-inflammatory. So we've got to consider when we're thinking about omega-6 fatty acids, what omega-6 fatty acids? And we have to look at the form. Is this a processed food? Is this something we are heating and therefore reducing the stability of it? Is this highly refined? Has it been on a shelf somewhere for a long time? We have to look also at the ratio. Are we getting enough omega-3s to keep that ratio about one to one, at worst twice as much omega-6 as omega-3? The other thing that is so important to remember, especially when we hear people talking so much about reducing pro-inflammatory foods, and this is something I certainly talk about a lot, is that the goal is not to eliminate inflammation in the body. That would be very unhealthy. The goal is not to eliminate foods that support our inflammatory pathways, but just to keep it in check because inflammation is protective. Inflammation is necessary. It is a protective mechanism of the body. If you get something in your eye and your eye swells up, that inflammation exists to protect your eye. The omega-6 get a bad name, get a bad rap because of primarily their overwhelming predominance because of whole foods and also that we treat them poorly, meaning we heat them, we put them in shelf-stable products and then they go rancid and they get incorporated into the body and unstable fats being incorporated into our cell membranes impairs the integrity of our cells. So, As long as you are not eating the standard American diet, in which case you don't need more omega-6 fatty acids, you can embrace this without worry, right? You want to avoid those processed foods. You want to avoid heating your omega-6 fatty acids, and you want to avoid those highly processed crop oils, highly processed crop oils. You also little side note, since we're talking about it, you really want to make sure that you're getting enough omega-3, especially the EPA and DHA. ALA is not a way to get EPA and DHA because the conversion rate is so low. I've done an episode on omega-3 fatty acids, and I will link to that in the show notes for today. It is episode 31 if you are curious. There's another great thing about hemp hearts and hemp seeds They don't contain phytic acid. You've heard me mention phytic acid before. Phytic acid is very common in nuts and seeds and grains and legumes. The danger of phytic acid is that it binds to minerals. So it can deplete your mineral status in your body because when you consume foods with phytic acid, most nuts, seeds, grains, legumes... Phytic acid is going to bind to minerals, meaning that your body can't use those minerals and they get excreted. 
hemp seeds do not contain phytic acid. Now, when we're talking about other nuts and seeds and grains and beans, sometimes soaking them can reduce the phytic acid, but it never eliminates it completely. With hemp seeds, hemp hearts, we don't have to worry about that because they don't contain phytic acid. As I mentioned earlier, they also don't contain the oxalates, which can be pro-inflammatory if you do not have the necessary bacteria to break it down. Begs the question, where do you get them? I buy the brand Manitoba Harvest. I buy it because they are organic. I also buy it because the bag is opaque, meaning that light can't get through. And that is very important when we are talking about foods with polyunsaturated fats because they are sensitive to both light and heat. And I also store them in the refrigerator to block further light and also uh, help keep those fats stable. So I buy the brand Manitoba Harvest, Manitoba Harvest. I'll link to it in the show notes. A 16 ounce bag that I get from Thrive Market is about 10 bucks. And that is going to last you a long time because you're only using a tablespoon or two at a time. If you decide to try them out from Thrive Market, make sure you register through the URL thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential because you'll save an extra 25% on that first order and you will get a free 30-day trial membership. So again, that bag is totally opaque, so light can't get through. It doesn't have a window. A lot of times products will have like a little window in the front so you can see what they look like, but that just means that there's more light exposure. They're more likely to spoil. You also want to make sure that you're looking at the best buy date so that you're not eating them after they have expired. Once you have them in the refrigerator, they'll last a few months. So you don't need to worry about them spoiling in days or weeks. There's so many ways to use these too. Now, I'm pretty basic. That's just the way I choose to eat. I don't make a lot of complex, complicated, time-consuming, or expensive recipes. I throw them on top of salad, usually. I try not to eat a lot of dairy, but if I am having some Greek yogurt, I love to toss a tablespoon on top of those or mix it in just for a little bit of texture, a little bit of nutty flavor. But you can get really, really creative. You could throw them in the food processor and create something like a breadcrumb to coat chicken or fish Anything like that would be super delicious for a bit of a nutty and textural element on top like breadcrumbs. You can also put them in the blender with water and make hemp seed milk, which you could use as an alternative to nut milk, almond milk, cashew milk, etc. For me, if I make a smoothie every once in a while, I would use cashew milk or almond milk. But because of the oxalates, that's out. I can't say I'll go to all of the work of, though it's not a lot of work to throw something in the blender with water, but still, I don't see myself making hemp seed milk, but you certainly could if you are more ambitious than I am. If you use hemp seed oil, you purchase hemp seed oil, don't cook it. Do not cook it. This is not something that you want to use overheat. But for that reason, you could use it to make salad dressing, right? Um, that would be an option. I have not personally done that, but you want to use it in unheated preparation. So drizzling over something like maybe a caprese salad, making a salad dressing, but not heating, 
I keep it really simple though. I put it on top of salad. Done. Easy. No issue there. Tablespoon or two at a time. Let's wrap up as we have been recently the best meal I've had lately as well as favorite workout recently. Meal-wise, I went out to a restaurant with my sister over the weekend. We had Mexican food. Guacamole is a staple. I'm not afraid to eat it with a fork. I don't do the chips, but I will dig right into that bowl of guac with a fork. And we split fajitas. We got steak and chicken fajitas, no rice, no beans, no tortillas, and uh, added the guac on top of that stuff. So good. So simple. Easy to make at home. Really common menu item if you're eating out. So filling and easy to make fat loss friendly when you're staying away from the chips. Minimizing the rice, beans, tortillas. I personally avoid them altogether because I don't feel my best when I eat them. The best workout I've had recently was also this weekend. Three rounds for time of... 15 thrusters and 12 burpees to a target. So you go 15 thrusters, 12 burpees to a target, 15 thrusters, 12 burpees to a target, 15 thrusters, 12 burpees to a target, done. And you're doing that as fast as possible. If you're not sure what a thruster is, you can either Google it or it's basically you have a barbell and you do a front squat to an overhead press. So it is a full range of motion. You're going all the way down into a deep squat. Then at the top of the squat, you are pressing the barbell out overhead. Burpee to a target is just like a regular burpee, except at the top, you are jumping up. At this, uh, for me, it was jumping up to touch the top of a door frame at the top of every single rep. So that's what it looked like for me this weekend. If you give hemp hearts a try, let me know what you think. If you use them in some sort of breadcrumb preparation, tell me, tell me, tell me, because you might inspire me to do something like that. In fact, tag me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton and tell me how you're using them. Again, I get mine from Thrive Market, the Manitoba Harvest brand, because it is organic, because the bag is opaque, um, because I've never had an issue with their quality, and that big bag that'll last months is 10 bucks. So check out thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential. Give those a shot and tag me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton to let me know how you are using them. Hope you have a great day and I will chat with you very soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. 
CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.